We are back. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by Line Movement, talking divisional round stacks plus lineup builder with my good buddy Ryan Hodge. He's at Ryan Hodge on Twitter. Hodge, how's it going, man? Welcome back. How was the wild card round? Wild card round was great, man. Wonderful weekend of football. Always appreciate you having me on. Gets me in tune, gets me in sync rather than, you know, just winging it in the mm. morning, firing lineup. So this is great, man. How was your wildcard weekend? Uh, it was okay. I, I think I probably, if, if it wasn't for the Stefan Diggs showdown slate, would have been in the negative, but had mostly a break even or like small loss slate. Like I think I only had one slate. I played every slate, played every showdown slate, only had one that was a complete total loss. So when you're playing tournaments, uh, it can definitely go worse than that at times. Uh, so I'm happy about that. Ready to move on to this slate. This is one that's nice just because DraftKings finally gave us that four game slate. Obviously, we have a game uh, on or two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, but we got a little bit bit more time in between to think through late swap and all that so that was great um one thing that's interesting about this slate hodge obviously recording this on friday this week so we have a little bit more context in terms of ownership and that sort of thing but what stood out right away is this cleveland and kansas city game just running away with it in terms of the total so i would imagine that sunday in general probably going to be a little bit more popular than these two games on Saturday. So just a quick run through. If you haven't watched any of the other videos, we have Rams Packers the first game on Sunday or on Saturday. Second game on Saturday, we have the Ravens and Bills first game on Sunday. We have the Browns and Chiefs. And then the fourth game on Sunday, Tampa Bay versus New Orleans. We got the Brady versus Breeze hammer on this one. So uh, interesting week, I guess. What was your initial thoughts when you saw the orders of the games? It was probably a lock that we were getting Brady and Breeze in the fourth game. But outside of that, are you with me that these first couple games look like they might shape up for a little bit less scoring overall? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think so. I think you have the Rams in Green Bay, which tend to run at a pretty slow, slow pace. And then I, I don't know. Baltimore and Buffalo could could absolutely be a higher scoring game. It's the Rams and Green Bay game out of those two that could just run at a, a egregiously slow pace. Yeah, I, that was kind of what I was thinking too. And then this first game, like we don't know. I mean, we don't. I guess the Rams quarterback situation is just kind of a mess. But that defense has just been so good. But then we see Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't really matter. Like this year, at least, he's been just torching good defenses all year. So we're gonna see uh, Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. There's a lot of dynamics in that first game. But uh, this is a stacks video, Hodge. Uh, I know it's later in the week, but people are still looking uh, for those early week answers to the test. Our lineups, I mean, not to toot our own horns a little bit, they've been doing pretty well. And we've been building them on like Wednesdays and Thursdays. So uh, last week, I can't remember, was it a, uh, we did have a Roethlisberger stack last week we on one of those, which was great. Um, I believe the, we we, what else do we have? We, on Saturday, would we have a Tampa Bay stack? I, the games all, like the games, the slates, they all blend into we, one at this point. But yeah, I think did. it was a good week. We had a, we had a Tampa Bay onslaught and a Steelers onslaught. With no Rojo. That's what now I remember. Yeah, so just no by Rojo, default, yeah, no Rojo. Hot, so we dude. dodged that. So that was great. So we're running hot. So do the opposite uh, this week for sure because uh, uh, we probably <laughs> didn't uh, deserve it last week. So uh, just looking at this slate, uh, the first stack, that I think we should talk about is actually one that you put us on. And I think you should start us off because this is one of the ones that I was super interested in as well. And and we talk about it just obviously, if you haven't checked out the playoff DFS video that we recorded last week, just a little bit more in the weeds on strategy, having stacks in game number four, the last game of the slate is pretty valuable just because you have so much more information as the slate goes on. So New Orleans and Tampa Bay, Hodge, uh, tell us why you like this game this week. Yeah, I think first off, uh, when you take a look at the total here, 
you have a good total. It's moved by two. It opened at 50, and it's up to 52 now. So initially, though, if you look at pacing and DVOA, these teams are pretty stout when it comes to the rush. First and foremost, Tampa Bay is tough to run on. The Saints have been tough to pass on. Um, in fact, the Saints are second in total team DVOA to football outsiders, third in pass DVOA, and second in rush. And then you have Tampa Bay, who's fifth, fifth, and first, respectively, uh, with Rush being first in, in total uh, mm-hmm. DVOA. So I I initially was like, this might be a little bit slow because I know that they tend to run slow. You have their situation neutral uh, plays per game. They're actually pretty slow. The Saints are 28th, uh, but Tampa Bay runs fast. And I think that's where this total comes from. And, and I tweeted this out earlier. But just to echo it here again, the, most of this stuff is baked into these totals. But I do think it's important to understand the context. And that's where the context of this team total comes from with how quickly Tampa Bay has been running fourth in situation neutral. They are third when they're leading by seven. Um, interestingly enough, they take a, a quick drop when they're trailing by, by seven plus. But I also like Tampa Bay betting. I don't know if you covered any betting stuff, but Tampa Bay is one of my favorite teams to tease up to nine, and I also love the money line on Tampa Bay too. So Yeah, I think Reeves was um, on uh, the Tampa Bay side of that, so I think you're in good company there for sure. Awesome. Um, and to me, this game is super easy to stack. You have a super cheap Mike Thomas. You have mm-hmm. two questionable wide receivers with Godwin and Mike Evans, who Godwin is actually the more concerning of the two with the hip injury, as where Evans, he's had the same knee injury. We saw him ton, run tons of routes, get tons of deep targets. Um, he was a guy who we were on last week, even with the injury, and I think we go right back to him this week. And Gronkowski, big old fat goose egg last week. I, I'm going to go right back to him at 3,600 and hope for those high equity targets. Um, he got two end zone targets, I think, with inside the 10 or the 5 last week, and so we're just hoping one of those catches and and that you can pick on the Saints over the middle just a little bit here with Gronkowski. So I'm building here on screen. It, it sounds like uh, the Tampa Bay side is the one you want to be a little bit heavier on. So, uh, so far, I yes. got Brady and Gronk. Uh, it sounds like the Evans is your preferred guy over Godwin. Is that correct? We're building for a smaller field yes. again. I think that's probably, I mean, I, I play a lot more smaller fields. Probably most of my audience has yes. kind of transitioned to that anyway. So I think overstacking is totally fine. Um, so in terms of the bringbacks, and I'm with you, like looking at this game, like initially I was like some of these spots, like it's just such a tough spot on the ground for Kamara is just such a tough spot in this game because two good defenses, but you look at it a little bit deeper. I'm with you. And I, I think it's priced in man, like Alvin Kamara at 7,900, a guy that has been getting like career highs in terms of volume on the ground. We know he's going to be active in the passing game. Michael Thomas, 6,700. Like it's just the prices on these guys has led me to them more than anything else. So do you think we bring it back with one of these guys, both of these guys, or your thoughts on at least a bring back on this one? So I'll say small, small field, both is fine. Larger field. I would just pick one. Uh, and in larger field, you probably are hoping for Thomas to fail mm-hmm. and Kamara to get there. So in larger field, I'd go Kamara, uh, and smaller field. I would go with both. Yeah. I want to take a quick peek at 
their correlation, at least this year. It's in a smaller sample, no, not a lot of Michael Thomas. But we've seen these guys get there together at times, at least this year in the eight games that they've been together has been a pretty significant negative correlation, but super small sample. So we probably don't have to look too far into that. If we did go both. And small it, slate. And small slate. Yeah, that's true. So some of the correlation stuff kind of goes out the window for sure. That's a great point. Um, if we do go both, it limits us a decent amount in terms of what we can do the rest of the way um let's let's do this let's just put in camara for now and if we can get in michael thomas later let's do that um is there a defense that stands out to you because like at normally we try and pay down a little bit here um i, I hate the idea of burning the rams in the first game at 2600 um i get nervous <laughs> against rogers because he just throws it away if he's about to take a sack that sort of thing is there is there a defense that stands out to you like the cheaper ones at least on this slate uh, a little bit tougher to justify i think yeah, I actually think the Rams are going to be super chalky. They're yeah. a very good defense. Uh, they're they're super cheap. So one of the things that you want to do in these shorter slates is even if it's a tough defense, or even even if it's a high implied team total or a tough matchup for a defense, I'm still okay with that defense. I'm still okay with high implied defenses and high implied team totals. Mm -hmm. So you could go Cleveland here as the full on punt. Um, at twenty three hundred dollars, or or you probably just go with the Bills, but I don't I don't think there's any other options with this this type of a team, especially if we're going to try and get uh get Kamara or excuse me get Michael Thomas in there eventually. And look, I don't I don't hate one of the both of the running backs from from the Cleveland game in a in a build like this either. So I think we'll we'll touch on that, but I'll, I'll let you pick from one of those two. Yeah, I, I like the idea of the Cleveland defense just because with this build that we have right now, we're probably going to be relatively light on that game anyway. So, and, and for this team to completely get to the top, we got to hope that that game that's going to be really popular fails a little bit. So let's lock in the Browns sure. for now. Um, we do have some salary issues. I'll say this. So as we're looking through kind of the rest of the slate in terms of like some of the guys that are the best values, like Cam Akers, he's a guy we've been talking about all week. He's 5,700 and seeing a ton of volume on the ground. I think kind of a pivot in that game. I think Aaron Jones is somewhat interesting, even though he's 6,800. Um, it's a decent spot. I, I guess, do you have any interest in like a Devin Singletary at 4,500 versus Clyde Edwards Hilaire, 5,500? There's a lot of pieces here um, on the running back side of things. So curious your thoughts on any of those guys kind of in that mid to cheaper side. Yeah, so I, I made an adjustment to Devin Singletary's ownership. When did the Moss news break again? It was, it like, was early in the week because it was before we recorded the first er, it video. It was early, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think I think I need to adjust his ownership again. I only have him at about 33% for this slate, but yeah. I think with no Moss at $4,500, he's going to push much closer to that Cam Akers 50% mark. Um, it's just both of them are too cheap. So I, I think, um, I, dude, I, I kind of want to to take one of these Cleveland running backs. Okay. I, are you, I, what, do you, really, what do you think about Chubb, really Chubb versus Hunt? I have some Hunt feelings, but I want to get your unbiased take first. Yeah. So I look. Kansas City ranks twenty. No, no, no. Thirty-first in total rush DVOA. They are not good at stopping the run. Um, this all just depends. Look, the Cleveland team that we saw last week against an overrated Steelers defense, dude, I felt like the biggest donkey. Just all the teases, all the fourth game parlay, the last legs with Pittsburgh, just like yep. every well, other everyone. fish out yeah. there. <laughs> everyone, dude. Um, 
that should not happen again here. The Cle- Cleveland will not run that hot um, against a fraudulent Steelers team. And, and this is not a fraudulent Kansas City team. So I think that it's thin, but I think Hunt's fine, dude. I think Hunt's going to get some targets. I think he's he still gets work in the red zone. We said that last week. And it's it should still happen again. It's just more or less of as, as if Baker can get them down there. He rates really high in my model, but my model also takes into consideration salary versus uh, ceiling projections. So I just have to temper expectations there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with one of these guys. I think we need to go cheaper. So I want to go hunt. It's really that simple. My only problem with Hunt is that I think that some people might be, not necessarily you, Hodge, just in general, people are probably just thinking that, like, yeah, it looked good last week, scores on his first two touches, great, but he only touched the ball nine times, man. And in the last two games, he hasn't broke 11 touches. So that's scary when we have these other guys that are super cheap and are going to be at least guaranteed for a lot more volume. It's not that Kareem Hunt can't get there. We would think that, like, obviously, if the game script is going to be completely different, maybe he does see a little bit more work. I don't think he's going to be. Uh, I think both these guys could go low in terms of Chubb and Hunt. So I'm fine uh, getting my first Hunt share of the week. We'll say that. So well, I like the idea well, of getting a mini stack in that. We can just go with Cam Akers. Like, well, this we can lineup still get is going to be guys. unique enough. Mm-hmm. So I think we can, that we, we get one of those too. guys. I don't necessarily want to play Singletary and Akers in the same team. So do you have a preference yeah. versus both of those guys for that uh, that flex spot? We should have a lot more flexibility then for sure. Um, Akers, it's probably not even that close, but price yeah. makes it... I agree. Makes me hesitant. I agree. So we have a decent amount of salary here. So I think we can fit in Michael Thomas because, again, this is a team we're building for like a smaller field anyways. 6,300 left in that last wide receiver slot. We could go Godwin, completely onslaught that game. We could grab a piece in one of the earlier spots. We could go Woods, Landry. Um, so interesting. I actually don't hate the idea of just adding to our kind of onslaught of this last game because the way this is set up right now is that Kansas City is basically, I mean, we're hoping they're ahead, which they will be, but maybe they don't hit their price tag ceiling in that game. And Hunt and Brown's defense ends up being our pieces of that game. And then we have just our Cam Akers, kind of like a lock at 5,700. Um, I think we go Godwin with this one, man, at 6,100. Um, we just have our triple stack with Brady. We have two pieces coming back. I think that that's a reasonable small field lineup, $200 left. Any, uh, any concerns with uh, those last two pieces? No, I'm I'm always good on slotting. You know that. Cool. All right. So that's uh that's gonna be our first one here. And uh, just going back, uh, we will do one more stack. And uh, we were really light Kansas City and Cleveland on the first one, Hodge. So I think that we go uh, right back to that with our second stack here. So I'm gonna go back to the pricing. I guess my big question here is uh, Mahomes is really hard to build with. He's 8K. Um, but I still think that there's ways to get there with some of the value we have, especially some of the value we have at running back. So do you have any preference versus like these Cleveland guys who are way too cheap across the board versus getting in a Mahomes team that's like harder to harder to do in roster construction? I'm still kind of going back and forth on what would be better. Yeah. I, Baker is the highest rated quarterback in my model. But All right. He's 5,300. We can build whatever we want with Baker, and that's always a positive. I know. And and that's the part to me, though, where I actually think I need to adjust his projected ownership. Mm-hmm. I think I need to raise it. I have him at just about 10% for this slate, and I think I need to raise it based off of my initial feeling, where I think the field is going to be, the industry sentiment around Baker Mayfield, 
and and some of the the biasy from from last week. So yeah. I almost want to put ourselves in a tough spot and and force us to build around Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is like what's scaring me about not like building around Mahomes is that he's like still at AK, one of my top values on the entire slate at quarterback, which is terrifying. Uh, just even like his median alone is like lapping almost everyone outside of like Josh Allen, basically. I think he's going to be popular, but let, let's go. This is a stacks video, Hodge. Let's get him a hot. Well, let's get him a home stack here. That's a little bit. Yeah, more fun I was going to say, stack. we have to, right? Yeah. All let's right. Let's force ourselves to make some tough decisions. Okay. So we got Mahomes in there. Uh, the biggest, I mean, the decision here is essentially, do we play Tyreek and Kelsey or do we pick one? Right. Um, I, I think I we try and get in the double, yeah. man. I think we have to do it at this point. Um, so if we right. go Mahomes, Tyreek and Kelsey, we have some cheap bringbacks on Cleveland, which is nice, but we can kind of piece our way through that. Let's figure out, uh, since we didn't go acres, let's just put in Singletary. We need the savings bad. Um, yep. So let's go with that uh, for at least one of those running back slots. And then at defense, I, I, I'm with you that like punting all the way down to the Browns on that other team makes sense for sure. On this one, um, I think getting up to like if we're just looking purely at some of like the top ones, like Ravens Bills is interesting to me in game number two. I also think that the Rams at 2600 might go a little lower than you might think. Uh, 2600. Let, let's let's throw the Rams in there for now. We'll just go two lineups, the two cheapest defenses. People are going to get mad at us, but uh, that's fine. Um, Okay, so bring backs on the Cleveland side. If we're looking Hold past on. some of the what's up? What, people getting mad at us for playing the most random position and paying down for it. Those people need to adjust. Well, people are gonna get mad either mad way. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm with you. I, I'm I'm totally fine punting with with defense. Um, we're we're playing a defense against Patrick Mahomes and playing a defense against uh, Aaron Rodgers. It's a three. It's a four game slate, guys. It's it's the way that these kind of work anyway. So. Uh, on the Cleveland side, we talked about the running backs. They're both underpriced. They could go pretty low. I don't mind the Jarvis Landry and Richard Higgins either. Even like Donovan People Jones at 3K, I think is fine if we're just looking for kind of like some sort of punt in that game. I don't really want to go 100% Kareem Hunt. So I think he's probably out um, from this build. We could just go chubb on the other side of it as well and just hope that cleveland backs into a game script where there ends up being a decent i think that's probably the least likely though right would you rather go the pass catchers i uh, yeah i would i would almost rather just play higgins mm -hmm. uh and i don't landry at 56 i think is maybe fine but i don't i i guess if we're looking to full onslaught i think you i think you can go landry but like I would, I would rather almost open this up to like Cooper Cup status with that swollen knee and whatever he's got going on to maybe a Josh Reynolds pivot here, mm -hmm. uh, or or a, the good old double tight end and flexing a Gronkowski or flexing a Dawson Knox or something you love like Gronk that. Like, this week, that's awesome. <laughs> every week, dude. Yeah. I think um, let's let's piece together at least a mini stack in here. So like Singletary, like we could go another weapon on Buffalo. We have no digs yet, which is fine. There could be a little bit of weather in this one also. Um, one of the guys that I've kind of been hot and cold on is Hollywood Brown. He's so cheap, man. Like that's the thing that I kind of keep going back to on him. Like his volume has been uh, really strong over the last few weeks. I think that a lot of people are still going to go Marquise Brown. So any, I guess... I'm trying to figure out ways we can get different in these first couple of games, but I hate like uh, overexposing myself to game number one. I guess that's my only pushback on like the Cooper Cup or Reynolds decision is that if you're wrong on that, it really buries your team for late swap the rest of the way. So if we went with a Ravens option 
you have any interest in Marquise Brown uh, at 5,200, it does uh, leave a decent amount of salary available for the rest of the way. I I love Hollywood Brown. I loved him coming into the season. Was wrong for the first eight weeks, uh, yeah, and, and it sucked. Uh, and I played him in cash last week, which was one of the reasons why I had a nice a nice cash week, mm-hmm. along with him and Juju Smith Schuster. And I will continue to play Hollywood Brown in games where I think the pace is up. And this has a good total. His target share has been there. He's cheaper than Jarvis Landry, mm-hmm. so I just. To, to me, playing Hollywood with some, you know, Singletary correlation makes perfect sense in a lineup where we have to start getting down on some of these salaries. Mm-hmm. You, you could, we could even get rid of Singletary and figure out another running back and go with John Brown, mm-hmm. who was just absolute dust last week. Yep. Or um, we continue to onslaught with like uh, a McCall Hardman or or something like that, or Demarcus Robinson with Kansas City. Yeah, that was going to be my next question is what you think about McCole Hardman at 3,900. Like, I think I probably have come full circle on him, like played him too much. And then at this point, it's just like he ended up being somewhat popular, but he's so cheap, man. 3,900 might be really helpful for us. I was looking at this and um, we can't get in Kamara at this point, no matter what. Um, but if we put in Hardman in our flex, I think 5,900 left at running back. Yeah, we can still play Cam Akers. I don't mind that at all. I think I think that's perfect with the Rams defense correlation too. I like it. All right, we're uh, we're already over a little bit longer than I wanted to go. Uh, make sure you guys follow Ryan Hodge on Twitter. He's at Ryan Hodge. Uh, we've been running really hot with these stacks uh, plus lineup builds, my man. So hopefully we can keep that thing rolling. Uh, any final thoughts as we close this thing out? No, man. Everyone run good this weekend, and there's always another slate next week. So let's go. Good stuff. Let us know in the comments your favorite stack of the divisional round. Consider subscribing to the channel. Also, before we get out of here, would love it if you would toss a like on this video. It really helps more people see it. And we will uh, see you guys next time. Good luck. It's the Joe Holka Show presented by Line Movement. If you're listening to this on the podcast and you're wondering where the video was this week, I'm here to remind you guys, I guess, I don't know, at this point, like, do I really have to remind you? It's a divisional round at this point. If you haven't figured it out, I'm not sure what to tell you. But this is the one segment per week that will live exclusively on the Line Movement YouTube channel. So this is a, a video that I look forward to each and every week. Obviously, we've had Mike Taglier with us a bunch. We've also had TJ Hernandez with us a bunch. It feels like a while since I've got to talk to my good buddy, Mike Taglier. Obviously, he is the the lead NFL analyst for fantasypros.com. He does write that insanely in-depth article, the primer about every player in every game throughout the regular season. But Mike, I, I can see it in your face, man. It, not having that in the postseason, get to sit back, enjoy football a little bit, get back in the gym. How's life, man? How's post-primer life treating you? I got to say it was awesome, man. So the Bears had a playoff game this past week and well, they suck and we knew that they were going to lose, but it gave me a reason to, uh, I made some pulled pork. I smoked pulled pork. Uh, we made coleslaw. We made mac and cheese. We made the whole entire spread. It was fantastic. And I was able to just sit back and watch a football game. Now the Bears, again, they suck and, and it, it, it wasn't enjoy, enjoyful watching that game. I mean, but at the same time, it was nice being a fan again. Yep. Uh, well, at least you got to watch them play off football, man. My Cardinals kind of pissed that away uh, pretty quickly yeah. towards the end of the year. But uh, we digress. This is uh, always a fun segment. We kind of tweaked it a little bit for the postseason instead of just going through our locks of the week for the entire slate. Obviously, these are much smaller. DraftKings did, uh, fortunately, have the foresight to give us a four-game main slate this week instead of last week where it was basically just split up Sunday and Saturday only with all the featured games. So that's positive. Uh, but we're going to actually go through, give one lock from each game in the 
divisional round. So uh, this is an interesting week of football. This first game, uh, I guess, a little bit less interesting in some ways. Uh, LA Rams at Green Bay Packers. Uh, I gave you an out here, Mike, because I know that there's uh, a lot of people that are going to be on Cam Akers. He's 5,700, but I'll, it sounds like you have a little bit of interest in him, of course, but also Aaron Jones, which is a guy we haven't really talked a ton about this week. 6,800 Aaron Jones, 5,700 Cam Akers. Tell us why you like both these guys in this game. Well, I like Aaron Jones, obviously, you know, it's negative correlation when you talk about running backs playing in the same game. So a lot of people wanting to play Cam Akers, it's really negative for him in a lot of ways, because you look at it and you say uh, the Packers opponents don't play a whole lot of plays. Sixty point nine plays per game is what the Packers opponents have averaged this year. And uh, that was the lowest in the NFL. So when you when you look on the other side of the ball and you say, okay, Aaron Jones, he's a home favorite and their favorite pretty big. Uh, The game, the, the total is not ideal. But at the same time, Aaron Jones is a guy they ramped up towards the end of last year in the Packers offense and we saw him kind of being ramped up a little bit as the year went on here Jamal Williams has kind of fallen by the wayside he's fresh coming off a week of rest uh you look at this Rams defense and they are elite against the pass and they are really one of the better defenses against the run as well however there is a loophole in here uh while they were at home this year they allowed just 108 points to their opponents uh while on the road in that same amount of games they've allowed 185 points so almost double the points per game that they're allowing to their opponents on the road this game is taking place in Lambeau Field you know, obviously having that home field advantage in that cold weather, it's supposed to be 25 to 30 degrees for this game uh, with a chance of snow. So Aaron Jones is a guy that I'm loving for 18 plus touches. I feel like he's a a discounted Alvin Kamara because I've talked about it before, even before th- this season started, that I feel like he's the doppelganger of Alvin Kamara. He just plays in an offense where Aaron Rodgers doesn't check down nearly as much as Drew Brees does. Brees mm-hmm. does. But these guys are super talented. They they are highly efficient with their touches. And uh, if you're looking for <clears throat> someone from this game that is guaranteed that 18 touches, that should be on the winning team at home in ideal conditions, it's Aaron Jones. It's a great price tag, man. 6800 for Aaron Jones. I think some people are just going to kind of ram their heads into Devontae Adams in this game. He's 8600 Just looking at some of the early ownership projections, it looks like he's going to be extremely popular. Obviously, Cam Akers at 5700 but the volume that he's had these last couple of weeks is a fantastic play. Um, I like the Aaron Jones pivot. I- I'm going to be honest. It's one that I haven't really uh, considered a ton because I've been kind of off this game. But one thing we talk about come playoff time is like trying to find unique pieces as we go through the slate. And it's not that Aaron Jones is going to be unowned. It's a four game slate. There's going to be guys that are owned from each of these games, but it's not a bad uh, flag to plant. I don't think in this game. So I, I think that that's a, that's an interesting one. I was going to look into it a little bit more, but just looking at the pricing, man, uh, I think I'm with you on that. Uh, I guess one game that we might be a, a little bit uh, different on is this next game. It's Baltimore at Buffalo. Sounds like you don't really like anyone in this game tags, but uh, Cole Beasley 4,900. It sounds like at least if he's healthy, that is kind of where you want to attack Buffalo. Harmon came on the show earlier this week and made his case for Stefan Diggs, but curious your thoughts on this game and Cole Beasley. A lot of it factors into the weather that they're expecting. They're expecting one to three inches of snow in this game in Buffalo. So you're talking about near freezing temperatures, one to three inches of snow. Lamar Jackson's not a guy. We've never really seen him play in snow. I think he's played in snow one time in his entire career. It's not great. Uh, And when you look at Lamar Jackson, you say, you actually, I I, I did a search over the last two years. There have only been three games where he's actually been an underdog. It's a small sample size, so I don't want to take too much away from it, but he was terrible in those three games, so he was not very good. Uh, You add in the snow, and it's going to take away some of his ability to cut. It's going to take away some of Stephon Diggs' ability to cut, and that's that's basically – Stephon Diggs is not a Calvin Johnson wide receiver. He's a 
a phenomenal route runner that relies on those cuts. So you're adding in this weather factor and it's like, all right, Josh Allen has been really good against man coverage uh, over the course of the year. So I think you do have to like him a little bit more uh, than, than most might. But again, in the snow, it's going to limit some of that. The pass rush might be a little bit tougher to get to Josh Allen. And if he buys time, Cole Beasley did play his normal amount of snaps last week. I just see a lot of more dump off passes if they are playing in the snow than I do taking shots down the field. So I don't, again, I don't love this game at all. Um, you know, if, if there was no snow in this game, I would have looked at one of the quarterbacks instead because I, I do think Lamar Jackson might be the better play, although Josh Allen scares the crap out of me. It scares me to fade <laughs> Josh Allen with the way he's been playing. But again, in the snow, I think we're, we're going to suppress everything back a little bit. Uh, so I'll just take the, the I'll get a little piece of Josh Allen by playing Cole Beasley if I have to play some, somebody from this game. Yeah, I'm not as concerned about the snow as you are. I guess I will keep an eye on wind. I'm more concerned about wind in general, but you make a good point. Like someone like Stefan Diggs that kind of lives off of those uh, those cuts that he's making and being like a really precise route runner. I, I could see that affecting it. Just looking at ownership, I think Devin Singletary is going to be pretty much the chalk at 4,500 in this spot. Obviously, if he ends up getting all the work there, he's intriguing. Uh, Cole Beasley at 4,900, like you said, if he was going to go out there and run the majority of his snaps last week, he's only going to be in a better spot this week so i'm in on that stefan Diggs definitely not going to go overlooked at 7300 it's just a really nice price for him i guess one of the arguments that Harmon made this week is that they just move him around so much anyways that if they end up getting him a little bit more involved in kind of the short to intermediate obviously that's kind of where you want to attack buffalo anyway so uh interesting game I, i'm kind of uh i guess intrigued that you you don't like it much uh, I, I know that these games on saturday aren't near as uh, i guess intriguing overall for fantasy points as the sunday game Games, but trying to grab pieces along the way. Uh, well, yeah, be, I, I, I love I love Diggs in general. Like mm -hmm. Diggs, the player, I've been a fan of his for a long time. I, I, I said a couple of years ago that I think that he's like Antonio Brown, just without the targets. Yep. I felt like he was an elite wide receiver. Uh, but it's when you get into his price, I know he's three seven hundred dollars less than than Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill, if you're going to get up to that price point and if you have that seven hundred dollars, I think Tyreek is probably the better play. All right, well, let's talk about that game. First game on Sunday, Cleveland at Kansas City. Obviously, Tyreek Hill. Uh, I mean, there's not really much you can do to kind of defend him at this point. But one thing that's really been great is if you have another weapon like Travis Kelsey that's going to be able to just kind of work that short to intermediate area. If we have everyone sitting back trying not to get beat deep, someone like Travis Kelsey can just completely smash. We've seen it all year long. So Travis Kelsey, 7,800, your lock of the week in this game. Yeah, he's probably the, the lock of the week in general. I don't know how you leave this this slate with, with a cash game lineup and say, hey, I'm not going to play Travis Kelsey. <laughs> Good luck to you. Um, we talk about Kelsey, you know, during the regular season when we have 13 games in the main slate and say, is it worth it to pay up for the, the, for the production you get out of him? And most of the time it turns out to be yes. You just have to find the other pieces to put into your lineup. But now on a four-game slate, I think it's impossible to avoid him. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's on a crazy streak right now. Eight straight games of 16-plus DK points. In seven of those eight games, he scored 22.8 or more. And then you factor in the fact that the Browns have no safeties, no linebackers that can even come close uh, to the, you know, to, to defending a man of, of this stature. Uh, you look at what they've, in terms of like adding in the players that they've played this year, Tight ends have averaged 21% more PPR points against the Browns than they do in their non-Browns games. So this makes it the second best matchup for tight ends from a schedule-adjusted standpoint. So, you know, when you add 21.1% PPR points onto Travis Kelsey's 22 DK points per week this year, that's a massive performance. And it's it's almost to the point where if no other tight end on this slate, you know, d scores more than like 12 points, you're going to be left 
cashless in your cash lineups if you're without Travis Kelsey. So uh, by by paying up for Kelsey, you're getting a little clip of Patrick Mahomes because you're not probably you're probably not going to be able to pay up for both of them. Right. So you kind of have to pick your battles here. We have some wide receivers in the value ranges that we can play in these games. You know, like like a Michael Thomas, like a Jarvis Landry. Whereas tight end. This is the one position you don't play around. You know, last week we had Mark Andrews and he seemed like the quote unquote chalk, uh, but it was bad chalk. You know, it was under 10 DK points. And that's basically what you get at the tight end position. There are no guarantees outside of Travis Kelsey. So uh, he's one guy that he's an absolute lock in lineups. Yeah, one thing I'm kind of considering in this game is running out Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, but actually bringing it back with Baker or one of the other cheaper pieces on the Cleveland side. We talk about like on these slates in particular, trying to get creative with your mini stacks. Like these guys are so expensive for KC. If you add Mahomes to that, especially if we feel confident that the majority of the production is going to come from those two weapons, I think you can fade Mahomes and go to one of these cheaper options. Or even if you're not even playing Baker, just bring it back with one of the other cheaper guys on the Cleveland side, Rashard Higgins, someone like uh, like that so I think that's an interesting spot one of the games that we're going to have to get right this week tags that total is insanely high in comparison to some of these other ones so game number four Tampa Bay at New Orleans Michael Thomas still 6700 uh, didn't see like crazy volume or anything last week but did get in the end zone save some people that uh, that played him uh, obviously what's interesting about this slate as a whole these elite wide receivers I guess plus, plus Travis Kelsey seem in like a, a really intriguing way to just spend the majority of your salary because there's not a ton to pay all the way up for a running back we have Kamara in this spot in a really tough matchup against Tampa Bay so thoughts on Michael Thomas at 6700 your lock of the week in game number four Oh, love Michael Thomas. Uh, he's a guy that he's another one along with Kelsey where it's like, I don't know how you avoid him in cash game lineups. Uh, if you watched Michael Thomas last week, he was Michael Thomas. He was, mm -hmm. he was 2019 Michael Thomas. Uh, he's a guy that the saints knew exactly what they were doing this year. They took their time with breeze. They took their time with Michael Thomas and they said, Hey, look, we're going to put you on IR. We're going to get you right over the next three weeks. Do I think Michael Thomas could have played in those three games? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think the Saints knew that they were not getting a buy, and it was like, we need you for the playoffs. This team was built, like in terms of salary cap, when you look at the Saints roster, this team is going to be blown up next year. There's no way that they have anything close to what they have this year. They know they're in it to win it, and they rested Thomas, and he looked every bit the part of Michael Thomas last week. And you don't get 2019 Michael Thomas for $6,700. You don't. And then you look at the matchup this week against Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay looked solid to start the year, but their cornerbacks have eventually shown their true colors. You know, uh, Sean Murphy bunting is terrible in the slot. Uh, that's who Thomas sees there. If they if they shadow him with Carlton Davis, good, bring it on. Uh, Carlton Davis, he started the year uh, allowing just 26 of 51 passing for 271 yards and two touchdowns over the first eight games. Since that time, 37 of 52 passing for 604 yards and three touchdowns. Uh, if you recall, Tyreek Hill was the one slamming him against the wall over and over for his 200 plus yard game uh, back, you know, midseason. Uh, but ever since that time, Carlton Davis has been on a downward slope. And uh, again, it, this all comes back to the idea that Tampa Bay is not a team you could run the football on. You know, Latavius Murray is even questionable for this game. So you're not going to see the Saints run the ball a whole lot. And even when they do, it's like banging your head against the wall. You're just doing it basically because you have to do it for a little bit. And then they're going to slowly work towards that pass. Um, gotta love Michael Thomas here at 6,700. If he was, if he were 8K, I think that would be like where it's like, okay, now you have some decisions to make. But the fact that they put him at 6,700, it's kind of a smash. <sighs> So looking at like, so there's two things that I was like kind of upset about when I saw pricing. Number one was Cam Akers at 5,700. Yeah. I just think that that's one that like, I still can't get over like how they get there. Guy had 28 
rush attempts last week, 21 the week before. He's been even somewhat active in the passing game. So that, that price makes no sense. The second one was Michael Thomas. Like last week, we opened it up and we're like, okay, we're going to get Michael Thomas like coming off this injury. Is it going to be the real Michael Thomas? Or I guess what we were saying, like if he's, is he 28 to 2019 Michael Thomas? And the answer was, yeah, 6,400 was his price last week. They only priced him up to 67 in this week. So like, I mean, those are the two guys that just stand out as being uh, dramatically underpriced on this slate so totally with you on both of those uh mike i'm gonna put you on the spot here uh, we're having a bit of a running uh challenge with sigmund bloom throughout the playoffs on my show picking winners for each game so last week i ran pretty hot went five and one sig's looking for some revenge here he's starting three and three so this week i went with packers bills chiefs and bucks i want to know who you have moving on to the conference championship next weekend all right. So Packers, definitely the, the one I'm picking there. Jared Goff, not very good. Uh, Aaron Donald not being at a full strength. I, I do think Aaron Donald's actually dealing with some sort of injury, which is another reason I like Aaron Jones a little bit more. Um, in terms of the Ravens bills, it's really difficult to not go with the bills in that game. Uh, just with the way that Josh Allen's playing, the defense has really turned things around over the second half of the season. So I'll go bills, uh, chiefs, I mean, I don't know if anybody's picking against the Chiefs. And then I'm going to go with the Saints uh, in the final one. Uh, I know that no team has ever beat Tom Brady three times in one season. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the same time, Drew Brees, again, this is the final, this is the last hurrah for him. And even though the Saints defense started out the, se the season extremely slow, uh, they that defense really picked up, uh, similar to the Bills. I think they got hot at the right time. That defense is hitting on all cylinders. They have Michael Thomas back healthy. Alvin Kamara is hitting on – Drew Brees has actually looked solid too. You know, he started out the year pretty slow. So I think – this team is in for a Super Bowl run. My pick at the beginning of the year was Chiefs and Saints. So I, I think it'd be wise for me to just stick with that at this point, even though the Packers are going to be a tough team to get through. Well, but man, uh, I'll say this. I think that uh, was there any like uh, bigger lock on this entire slate that we would get Breeze and Brady in game number four? You knew the NFL was going to do that, right, in prime time. So uh, Mike Tagliere, everyone, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Mike Tagliere NFL. Obviously, check out the primer over at Fantasy Pros and all the great content they have going through the offseason. Of course, Mike will be a big part of that. Before you get out of here, smash that like button. Consider subscribing to the channel if you haven't already. Also, let us know in the comments your favorite overall play on DraftKings this week. Mike, enjoy some playoff football this weekend, my man. I'm sure we'll talk very soon. Awesome show today. Thanks for being here, everyone. Really appreciate it. If you could do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review on this podcast before you get out of here, would really appreciate it. it. Makes a huge difference on building up this new show. And hope to see you Sunday morning on YouTube, 9 a.m. Eastern Time, youtube.com slash Joe Holka. We'll walk through this entire slate again, do a little bit of Q&A with the community. Always a great time. <laughs>